In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting happiness on Togginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here to speak with... uh, Ah, I can't speak. I am here to speak with you today as I do each and every week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, Happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Today's show, we are going to turn our attention to a different area of human happiness, and that is the joy and art and healing powers of music. Wayne Hankin is a returning guest. He is a period instrument specialist who has played 400 different instruments over a 30-year career. Specializing in medieval, renaissance, and baroque periods, Wayne has mastered instruments played only by a handful of people in the world, including various bagpipes, hornpipes, flutes, whistles, gems, horns, trumps, bone flutes, double reeds, and others. There are also instruments made exclusively for his talents of which he is the sole performer. With over 4,000 concerts to his credits and over 300 works composed for period instruments, Wayne has received numerous awards and commissions from ASCAP Awards to the National Endowment of the Arts. His film, Seven Solos, was awarded Best Short Subject at the World Music and Independent Film Festival in Washington, D.C. Without further ado, good morning Good morning and welcome back, Wayne. Oh, well, good morning to you. What a nice introduction. Thank you very much. Oh, well, it's our pleasure to have you back. And this is always a fun show because it is really about translating the notion of happiness from um, a personal experience and well-being and how that manifests in the world of music. Well, you know, I think that's what I try to do every day. I'm very lucky to be in what I would consider a very happy profession. 
And, um, you know, you can see this result quite immediately when you're doing what you do in front of people. So I'm in a positive experience here. Thank you for mentioning that. Well, not only are you in a positive experience by being in the flow with music, but you have created a very um, interesting instrument of your own that you use to help people who don't necessarily have use of their voices to bring their voices alive and hence give them access to it and to greater joy in the world. Well, that's true, and uh, I do want to clarify that the instrument that, that I use has uh, been in existence for perhaps more than 2,500 years. It's very hard to pinpoint it because the earliest surviving examples of that were made in bamboo and wood-related materials, so it's very unlikely that these things can really stand the test of time. But I play on a metal one, and the instrument's called the trump. It has dozens, if not hundreds, of different names all over the world. Um, we know it in the United States as Jew's harp or Jaws harp, um, but Trump is its original name, and that goes back to the 15th century. And uh, the instrument, I use it uh, in a very, very simple way. You just put it to your mouth, whether you have any vocal cords or not, and you pantomime pretending to speak. In other words, I can't do it on the air because then there'd be total silence. But if you can imagine a person pretending to talk and moving his mouth and lips accordingly, this is exactly how you do it when you're operating the trunk. Once you master the basic principles, you can pretty much replicate all the languages in the world except for Chinese. I mean, you can do Chinese up to a point, but it's very limited because Chinese is a pitch-related language where you're doing this all the time, up and down like that. Um, this comes out as a monotone, so it wouldn't work too well in Chinese. But every other language, you're in luck. Well, first of all, please please spell the name of this instrument for our listeners so we can, if so inclined, research this a little further. T, as in Tommy, R as in row. U as an umpire, M as in manager, P as in polite. So it's, it's it, trumpet, trumpet foreshortened, but it, it does not operate like a trumpet. <laughs> well, actually, in a very uh, realistic sense, you, you've hit the right thing. It does as far as hitting various harmonics. Let me demonstrate both ways. Um, uh, first, its speech thing is a monotone, so you would do this. Now, here's the harmonic part, which is related to the trumpet. Well, I hope you were able to get the words out. Yes, that's all you have to do. That, that is amazing. That's all you have to do. Yeah. You know, for it's someone... Well, I just want to, to 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 just point out to the listeners that that people who have lost their voice or their or the use of their vocal cords either through illness or surgery, this is a a way to find one's voice again. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, and I think it's actually quite a fun way to do it. It's cheap and fun. Those are two words you rarely hear in healthcare today. The thing that um I think is important, at least for the patients that uh, have taken it uh, 
you know, further from when I started them, is that it did become a part of their lives in a very positive sense. In other words, I think they enjoyed doing it. Uh, you have to remember that, especially for people who are laryngectomies, it's a very hard, uh, it's very hard for them to come back into the world just thinking that things are the same. It's not. You've lost your voice. It's like losing part of your personality. And so for them to try artificial devices, especially for women who've lost their voice, it's a rather a huge uh, adjustment and not a comfortable one either because um, an electrolarynx sort of makes a woman's voice sound like um, an electric razor. Um, it's, it's, it's a very personal thing, the way the timbre of the voice sounds. And, of course, just trying to rebuild your speech uh, word by word, phonetic by phonetic, letter by letter is uh, not an easy task. But this isn't too hard to do. And uh, so for speech pathologists, I mean, sorry, speech therapists and uh, various doctors who work in neck and throat, this is another option for them. Uh, let me just give you the costs. Uh, your basic laryngectomies um, run usually into the thousands of dollars, and then the maintenance to keep uh, up, uh, you know, your laryngectomy probably runs uh, further into dollars. I don't want to pinpoint an exact amount, but it's not, I wouldn't say inexpensive, but it's not cheap either. Laryngectomies uh, who use electrolarynxes, for example, You'll spend, you can spend as little as $50 on a machine or hundreds, if not even in some cases, maybe over 1000 for a machine, and then you have to maintain that with batteries. All these things I've mentioned involve fossil fuels and, you know, your basic plastics, which, of course, put a footprint on the environment. Well, we're going to close out. We're going to we're going to very gracefully and gently and melodically close out this first segment and go into one of your pieces. But before we do, I want to give our listeners kind of an idea. In addition to the philanthropic work and and this work that you're doing with the Trump, what other projects um, are are on tap at the moment? And you've got to be brief because we are going to slip right into that music without warning. Um, that we can tie in the musical and creative aspect of uh, music and art and joy. Well, I always thought of myself as a teacher, and I'm working on some television projects, which I'll tell you about in our next segment, okay? That is great. Um, You are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, and today's guest is Wayne Hankin, who is a period instrument specialist. He plays over 400 different um, instruments. He also is involved with the striking voice instrument called the trump which helps people who have lost their voices regain it through a very old instrument and to learn more about wayne and the trump and the projects he's involved with you can go to wayne hankin h-a-n-k-i-n dot com and on facebook he's known as seven solos which is for the uh documentary film piece that was created about his work we are going to go to a break you're going to be listening to um the music of wayne hankin as we very gracefully and delicately go to our first break you're listening to harvesting happiness talk radio with lisa cypress came in to learn more about us visit harvestinghappiness.com And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the art of teaching and music and why arts are important to our young people and the importance and need to play.
We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress-Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Togedat. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here today with Wayne Hankin, who is a an early music, uh, an early period instrument specialist. He plays more than 400 musical instruments. And as we went to the break, you uh, heard him playing um, a, a flute piece. It's a ten bone flute piece. And as we came back, he was p- uh, playing a, a bagpipe piece called the Renaissance Musette. Welcome back, Wayne. Um, before we move on to the next uh, topic of our, of our day here, I want to let our listeners know about the trump and the striking voice instrument that we were talking about to help those who have lost their voices, either through illness or surgery. And the cost of this um, instrument is, is how much or how little? Over a lifetime, uh, somewhere between 12 to $24. Wow. That is a, 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 a simple economical fix to a very serious problem that, uh, for those who are in need of truly finding their voices who have been, that have been medically lost. Let's talk about um, teaching and helping those uh, in other areas of life in the world find their voices through music, art, creativity, and play. 
thank you. I'd be more than glad to. Um, I uh, recently uh, worked up in Mendocino, California, at a place called Lark Camp. It's run by Mickey Zeekley. And um, I teach there. I'd like to talk about one of my classes that happens at 9 in the morning. It's a morning sing. And people who have been to Lark Camp come back to it year after year after year. What we try to do is the very simple uh, procedure of affirmation through voice. And so we look at everybody's level, and we go from there. In other words, it's a non-threatening environment. We usually uh, do exercises, uh, which are physical in the morning, very light yoga, um, massage, and uh, basically some very non-intimidating exercises to get us all stretched up and singing, you know, probably by midway in the class. And then we find out uh, everybody's vocal potential. And we do it, in again, I repeat, in a non-threatening way so that uh, people can sing solo or an ensemble. And so I'm very happy when the next day comes and everybody comes and maybe a few more are added to the list of people who said, well, they haven't sung for years and they'd like to give it a try. So uh, we have a lot of people who have been, you know, let's say, kind of wallflowers that didn't have to be and could have been singing years ago and we just try to provide that environment which they can sing again. Well, I love uh, the words vocal potential and and why this resonates for me is I cannot carry a tune. However, I do it anyway because when I sing, I am more joyful. I mean, it's plain and simple. When I sing a tune and my body starts moving in rhythm to what I'm singing, even though it may be off-key and horrible, I don't care because I automatically feel better about life and my day and what's going on, even if things aren't perfect. And I guess that's the point of why we need to sing, why we need to exercise that potential. Well, Lisa, you have the right idea. That's, That's the attitude you need to do in order to sing well. What I provide along with that, is very, very simple. I quietly do it. It's, um, um, I don't know how to best say it, but I'll try. Uh, I try to sneak in technique without them knowing it. So, in other words, I make them do the simplest thing, like one, and if they can repeat it back, they'll go one, and then I go one, two, and they go one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, one, three, five, one, three, I'm sorry, one, five, four, three, two, one. I eventually get them comfortable with this, and all of a sudden they're singing scales. But if I started off saying, let's sing scales, everybody goes, mm-hmm. So uh, you try to make it as fun as possible, but you get the technique in. Until after a while, I can get them to go, one, five, four, three, two, one. And they go, one, five, four, three, two, one, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes I... No, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Sometimes I try to fool them. Well, you know, I, uh, what comes to mind it, when when you explain this is by opening uh, you, your your mouth, by learning to use your voice, it makes you more flexible and resilient to use the other parts of one's heart and mind, and it makes us more creative. And I think that's the point of also listening to these beautiful and very diverse musical that you've composed and played or perhaps just played because it gives you flexibility in life. You can go from one instrument or one life experience to the next with greater ease and flexibility. Well, I think you said it all right there. I don't think I could say it any better. Um, uh, you, know, you can if, sing if, it better. If, um, I know that. 
Well, I mean, if you unlock your voice, you unlock so much potential uh, about your confidence of how you can go about in the world. I do obviously think it can extend your life if you do it in the right way because um, you exercise parts of your brain that probably have not been utilized before. Now, I cannot prove that scientifically. You'll have to go to a doctor uh, about brain activity to get a better answer than I can provide. But I really do believe that who you think you are and what you sing and that what you sing to others uh, determines the quality of your life. And I'll leave it there because I think that people then can imagine what could I do. But it, l- uh, let me say this, though. Learning how to sing is not as hard as it is. It's just that we don't do it properly or we don't have enough environments where we do it in a proper way. We always want quick results, and when we want everybody to sing very well like this and all that and have a produced voice, that's like uh, trying to ask somebody to play a Vivaldi concerto who's never picked up an instrument before and that they fumble the instrument and go, oh, okay, you can't do that, you can't. You can't play, just like saying you can't sing. That's why we've had so many people saying, no, your voice doesn't sound good, or no, you don't know what you're doing. You have to learn how to do things. We learn how to read. We learn how to walk. We learn how to even eat. I mean, uh, all these things are a process of time. And, you know, uh, music, in, in contemporary music, some might say, well, that's not really music. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, just uh, auditory pollution. And, and I want to touch upon that and touch upon um, music in our schools and why we don't have as much education in the schools anymore to teach us a music appreciation or chorus or using, using our voices as we do the, uh, the other skills that we may possess or that need to be cultivated? Well, because we're under a myth uh, about music. We see music, and this is just my personal opinion, but I believe music is perceived only as entertainment. And uh, if you look at it that way, then it becomes only a fringe benefit. If you look at the other sides of music, then it becomes a part of the discipline, the way science and mathematics are. As a matter of fact, they are uh, perceived in that way in some societies, and we're perceived in Western culture earlier on as that way. But when we think of music, we always want to go, oh, entertainment, fun, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that uh, it's like uh, well, I'm a man, so it would be like looking at women and only valuing them if they're beautiful physically. Um, you're missing a lot more if you only see the world that way. Mm. And let's go back to this concept of um, the arts and the human condition. Why arts, the spoken arts, the, the, the sung arts are essential to the softer parts of our humanity, but they also speak to sort of the hardcore talents and skills that we need to be successful in the world. That you can't have one without the other, I guess is my point. Well, that's a very good point. I think that we've already mentioned before that uh, singing produces confidence, I think. Um, and I think everybody can always use a little more confidence. But I also want to say this and add this. Um, you're opening up your body and your intellect to greater discoveries, which I think instills creativity. Um, in this world today, especially when you consider the United States position, creativity is probably one of the most important economic engines we have now. 
I remember hearing Chuck Schumer, uh, our senator from New York, saying to us that the future of the United States is ideas. And uh, if we don't really encourage that in our school systems enough and just look at the world through just testing, we're not really going to be the, the future leaders um, of the world. Um, you look at China, they've invested a tremendous amount in the arts, especially music. They take this very, very seriously. And now we can say that they've produced really world-class artists that can rival pretty much any other country. If they keep going at the rate that they're going, they will eclipse us to the point that when we look for the high-powered trained specialists in our field, we're going to look to China and not to the United States because in this country, um, I'll say it this way, in this country, we're losing that uh, pool of very specialized personnel. Well, Wayne, we are running out of time today, and I want to thank you for being with us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And I want to let our listeners know to learn more about Wayne Hankin, his music, the Trump that he is helping people find their voices with who have lost them, either through illness or surgery. You can visit Wayne at www.waynehankin.com. On Facebook, he is Seven Solos. That is the number seven, and then, and then Solos. S-O-L-O-S. And Seven Solos um, is a film that he made uh, about music. And you can learn more about this very diverse man who is doing so much to bring music, joy, and creativity to the world. And Wayne, thanks for being with us. And we are going to go into another piece that you uh, created. Maybe you could set this up for us before we head into the outro and on to our next guest. Well, um, do you have the title? Ah, that's Vivaldi, and uh, it's from Il Pastor Fido, Alto Recorder and Loop. Okay, enjoy as we gracefully dance to the break. Life is tough, and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film 
Happiness is an inside job product, including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, and today's theme is all about the joy of music, the joy of finding one's voice, how it taps into our creativity, our freedom, and uplifts us and those around us. And our next guest um, is involved with doing just that in the classrooms. We're going to transition now from to how music amplifies creativity and perhaps even intelligence in the classroom. Jeffrey Flom formerly taught inner-city elementary school children in New York City for 34 years. During this time, he created a successful education project in social and emotional learning called the I can't speak this morning. Contemplation Music Writing Project, where he combines music and writing to develop awareness, creativity, and motivation for extraordinary results. He has written articles for professional newspapers and publications about his original curricula. Jeffrey has recently published an inspirational book about adolescent reading life experiences entitled Motivating Teens and Preteen Readers, How Teachers and Parents Can Lead the Way. Ooh, this is going to be good. I am excited. Good morning, Jeffrey. Yeah, good morning, Lisa. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Really, oh, very much a, appreciated. It is a pleasure to have you here because it ties so beautifully thanks. into the work and skill of Wayne Hankin. You know, um, Wayne didn't start out as being a musical virtuoso. It took him, you know, decades to create his outlier status. And I think you are the inspiration for this potential in the kids that you teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I listened to the interview, and I, I liked, you know, just listening to that flute music. I, I did that that Wayne played. I did use uh, Native American uh, flute music, Carlos Nakai, uh, for for the contemplation uh, writing sessions, and uh, you know, this you know brought up a lot of memories there. What what, what Wayne has been doing, including the bag, the bagpipe music, which I never used. But but I would and the the lute music at the end. So uh, he's phenomenal. I'd never heard of Wayne, and uh, and he's an amazing person. 
Oh, he is, and you should you should um, introduce your students to his work because he's just you know so varied and vast. But let's talk about the contemplation music writing project because this is something that is near and dear to my personal heart. You know, the using one's word in conjunction with music to open up one's voice to become more free, more creative, and hence more joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 project uh, is. Very simple. I used I, I played music after lunch when the kids came back from the cafeteria. They were nuts. I was nuts. So <laughs> I just I you know and I just to calm them down. I I, I started playing Billy Joel music. Um, and uh, after a while, and they just listened for ten fifteen minutes, and then we settled in and continued in the afternoon with with more work. Uh, but then I, I uh, decided to add the writing component. And I, I told them to you know, listen to music for about 10 minutes, just sit back and relax. And when, when the music stops, uh, you can write about whatever you got into in your head. And then we'll read your contemplations out loud, anonymously, uh, in the beginning, and uh, we'll talk about it. This is very cool. This is, it's, so you're using the, the music as a meditation, actually. You're asking the students to just sit there, absorb a piece, um, and access the emotion and the thoughts that are elicited by that quiet time. Yes. Uh, what I, my statement that I always make is that uh, music becomes a vehicle to soothe them into self-discovery, um, self-education, self-motivation, self-knowledge, and uh, about a thousand other self-words. But uh, that's pretty, you know, it, 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 it chills them out, it cools them out, um, so they can think about themselves. I don't give them prompts about what, what to write about. And that's still, that was done when I started teaching. That's the way a teacher taught a, a writing lesson. They gave them, you know, you know, 10 prompts, so they talked about a tree for 15 minutes, and they asked the kids to write about a tree. They still do that now, which um, I, I, you know, I, I think that kids have a lot more going for them uh, than uh, by giving them prompts. So this is all completely open-ended, and they can write about whatever they get into in their heads. Oh, I, I, I love this. I, when I went to graduate school midlife, I went back when I was an old person to become a, a psychologist, and they often did these creative writing exercises where they would put on very, very moving music and ask us to, you know, to, to self-reflect on a certain aspect of our lives. And, you know, inevitably, the overwhelming emotion that would be provoked by listening to these pieces, whatever they were, they could be classical, they could be mm-hmm. new age, they could be up, you know, uplifting gospel, whatever it was, was incredible. So I, I, I have a very strong picture of, of what you're teaching and have, had, have experienced it myself. But I think that the value for young people is that it gives them the opportunity to explore forms of music that they might not necessarily ever be exposed to, because we don't teach music appreciation in schools anymore. Right, right, yeah. Well, as I said, I, I started playing, you know, music, ta- you know, audio cassette tapes. <laughs> this goes back, uh, you know, Billy Joel and, and so on. And you know, the kids came up to me eventually and said. You really like this, you know. But they, they eventually they 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 got into it. But but then I said, okay, here's a, a blank tape. 
you go you you record uh you know what uh what you like and the kids uh, made made some great tapes and uh uh you know for I'll give you an example this uh, now Lisa this goes back to 19 what is this 1980 I think 1980 1983 and some of the songs that they recorded were like uh, Thriller by Michael Jackson Beat It All Night Long Lionel Richie um Girls Want to Have Fun Sydney Lauper Rock Down Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant and uh, oh, reunited by Peaches and and and, and Herb, you know, and, and and the kids and what eventually the with the uh, with reunited they when the line came up reunited and da 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 they would all start singing in unison with their heads down their eyes closed and uh, uh, you know it was just very uh, you know uh, very amazing experience and then from there they would uh, you, you know get into their writing and. Uh, Talk about what whatever uh, rocked their head at the at the time. Well, first of all, you're speaking my musical language with the era because I know every one of those songs and could uh-huh. probably sing along with you if I could hold a tune. But you know, if we were off the air, I would do it anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't hold a tune either. So I was I was told in 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 junior high school I was tone deaf. So uh, <laughs> no, in front of the, in front of like three other uh, ninth grade classes. So I <laughs> I can't sing. <laughs> I I like to think I'm good, but I'm terrible. But you know. <laughs> This is the beauty of um, using music to teach and using music to, to access creativity is that one hopes that you get to a place where you are, you sort of open yourself up and use not only whatever musical um, powers you may have, but even if you don't have them, to unlock your voice and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, uh, Wayne was talking about uh, um, uh, unlocking p- potential through the, sing- the singing voice in, in his classes, you know. And I'm doing the same thing in an, uh, uh, I'm uh, unlocking their potential in their writing voice, okay, and, and, and the voice of self-expression. All right, and that—that's you know, you know what uh, uh, contemplation or music writing is all about. If if you want to hear, I have a few uh, uh, contemplations I could read uh, that uh, you know to, to the audience. Uh, let's yes, let's let's uh, let's go for one because we are going to be slipping into a break, and if we can't get to the second one, we will do it when we come back from the break. But we would love because I, I would like to hear how how this moves in action. Great. Uh, I was thinking about myself, how sometimes I want something, but I don't know what. Or sometimes I'm in a sad mood and I don't know why. Sometimes I want to talk or hear, I, I, I don't want to talk or hear anyone. I just want to escape from everything. But there is no hiding place. There is no door with a key to lock myself inside because someone always knocks on that door. Sometimes I feel isolated when I feel that I don't know anything at all. I feel confused. Wow. And this, yeah. and this was written by a preteen or a teen? Oh, no, preteen. This is uh, uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade, so 11, 11 years old. Wow. And yeah. this, is, um, this piece was written after listening to something that moved and inspired him or her to get it out. Which is one of your, yes. one, of your one of your project models? Gig. We'll yeah, get, get into it and get it out. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, eventually, Lisa, the the music just becomes a 
the background to drop them inside their creativity, their creative self, uh, cre- uh, uh, creative thinking, their imagination. And, and, and they're, they're, they're inside uh, to explore um, uh, what's in this, uh, uh, what I call the self-amusement park, uh, uh, find out what's, what's happening inside. Interesting. This is, this is very, very cool. We are going to be going to a break. And when we come back, I would love for you to read another um, piece of writing that was done by the kids. And I want to talk about the differences because there are differences between um, contemplation, music writing, journal writing, mindfulness, and meditation programs, although they all seem to overlap a little bit right. or the byproduct. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, uh, is very similar and, and, and freeing. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and today's guest is Jeffrey Flom. You may find out more about the Contemplation Music Writing Project and how you can access it, use it in your schools and um, teachers, if you're teachers listening out there, how to make this a part of your teaching experience and opening up your kids' hearts and minds to greater creativity, intelligence, and joy. Visit www www.jeffreyflom.com and let me spell that for you because it's not so conventional. It's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y and Flom is spelled with a P-F-L-A-U-M. Again, that's Jeffrey Flom with a P-F-L-A-U-M. On Twitter, he is Jeffrey underscore Flom P-F-L-A-U-M and on Facebook, he is of the same name, Jeffrey Flom. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress came in and to learn more about what we do over here, visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. Where is my heart? Where is my heart? We know that life is tough. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers-Kamen on Toginet.com. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. 
the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us now, our theme today is music and how it can inspire uh, us to use and open up our voices. And today's second guest is Jeffrey Flom, a former inner city elementary school teacher in New York City. He is the creator of the Contemplation Music Writing Project. He's written a book called Motivating Teen and Preteen Readers, How Teachers and Parents Can Lead the Way. And prior to the break, we were talking about how he teaches writing through music as i would say the gateway drug or the gateway opener to the hearts and minds of these young people and um jeffrey can you read us a second piece so we have an idea of 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 really just how um emotional and spot on your work is in reaching children and the places that they might have locked up Mm -hmm. sure uh, this this contemplation is about music since the theme of both shows is music and uh, uh, you know the, the kids were free to talk about the music or like I said or about anything and this one here is contemplation number twenty one. I really got into the music. I fell into a very good mood. I felt like dancing. I was really relaxed. It was great. The music burned the smile on my face. It just woke me up. I felt like the music was inside me. It lit up my day. I mean, if it wasn't for the music, I wouldn't get into anything. I never thought that contemplation could be this much fun. Very, very neat. You know, we often think of the word contemplation as uh, something that is very quiet, sedentary, blah, or designed to reach the parts of ourselves that are perhaps more pensive. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, in the case of this young person, it was an, an eye-opener, a voice-opener. And I love what he or she said about burning a smile on my face. Yes, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was- Great, great line, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, it waxed poetic. Uh, the actually, Lisa, the uh, the contemplation writing leads into poetry writing, and um, I put together a piece for uh, public radio in New York uh, through the Teachers and Writers Collaborative called "There's a, a Soul Arising in My Mind," where I juxtapose the uh, a contemplation with a poem, uh, a contemplation and poetry because. With contemplation, the way I'm doing it, um, you're dealing with uh, picture, uh, mind pictures, feelings, thoughts, experiences, meanings, uh, dreams, reflections, uh, everything that uh, makes up poetry. So uh, the kids could go from contemplation writing and, and appreciate poetry and, and write some great poetry because the kids were, were published uh, across the U.S. in all sorts of magazines and by uh, major book publishers. So, um, you know, this, this, the, the way I approach it, it has a lot of uh, practical applications in, 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 beyond poetry, too. Oh, I, I would think so. Um, explain a little bit the difference between contemplation, music writing, journal writing, mindfulness, and meditation. Because to me, they all are interrelated, and, and um, the, res- the meditative responses come naturally as a byproduct of the contemplation writing. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear your take on it, because it, this is, yeah. uh, there is a difference. Yeah, well, I, 
exactly what you're saying. They, uh, they're all heading in, in, in a similar direction. Um, the differences between what I'm doing and the mindfulness and contemplation programs uh, uh, across the country is that I, I really feel that my work is not only life-oriented or about social and emotional skills and emotional intelligence, but the kids also develop academic skills. First, obviously, their writing gets much better. Um, and, and because during the contemplations they're visualizing uh, their experiences, um, this, they said, uh, the kids in their own evaluation said, this visualization process in, in writing carried over to reading when they read words and decode them into uh, mind pictures. So they, you know, the visualization moved right into reading. So there are a lot of academic skills uh, involved besides uh, there's, there's concentration, reflection, uh, recall, uh, uh, analyzing things, synthesizing things. Um, uh, so the, the, and I think that uh, although a lot of the mindfulness programs works on, work on focus and centering, um, and they look at that as being uh, uh, helping out education and, and learning, but uh, it, mine has a direct impact on, on their uh, academics. Clearly. Uh, and do you, in the work that you're doing now, how do you teach other teachers and teach parents, which is the, the subject matter of your book, to take this out into the world and use it? What are, what are some tips that we can give our listeners to start putting this into action, either in the home or in the classroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, first, this could be done um, in, a, in a boys and girls club, in, an after, in a before school setting, in an after school program. Uh, a why uh, with a small group uh, uh, in one to one, and and all you're doing is you're you're playing some music uh, for ten minutes, and um, and and the 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 child can just put their head down, close their eyes, and uh, just listen to the music. And when the music's over. Uh, they can write about whatever, and that's the key, whatever uh, they got into inside their head. But I, I should bring out, uh, Lisa, and you probably know this technique, that before I do the contemplation writing sessions, I, I work with what I call the counting technique and what, to introduce them to inner experience. And what the kids do is they count backwards from 50 to 1 silently and by ones, not by fives, and finish in two seconds. Um, and, uh, and what happens, if you've ever tried this, um, is that as you count backwards, all sorts of little side journeys uh, enter in the fray because you really, really have to focus very hard to keep going from 50 to 49 to 48. And, uh, you know, somewhere you, you, you trip off and you, you digress and things, you know, pop up. Uh, in your mind. So this, this is done for a couple of weeks before I even put on uh, the music. Uh, let me, okay, I have a couple of examples here. I'll, I'll read you one or two because I think it's important to, for, you know, for, for listeners to understand how you introduce uh, inner experience. Um, I saw myself running next to the numbers. I went up and down hills. Then I stopped at number one and I fell into space. 
I felt my body relaxed, and I didn't want to open my eyes. I wanted to be relaxed forever, but my neck started to hurt, and my body felt heavier and heavier. So, uh, you know, all these uh, uh, physical reactions, emotional reactions, thoughts, um, these are introduced early on, and they're defined. Um, uh, I, I develop what I call um, a, a list of experience words, and the emotions, uh, love, hate, Jealousy uh, uh, will be defined, and um, self-discovery, self-knowledge, self-understanding, these will all be part of a, a vocabulary that, uh, that I, you know, just put on the board uh, informally. You know, I, I'm not testing them on it, and uh, that's the first step. And then once I feel that they're connected to inexperience, that, that they have an understanding of what this term means, then I move into the music writing. And that's it. You're just playing music. And, and I give them what the kids like, uh, Lisa. I gave them four by six index cards to write their responses on. This they liked, as opposed to the old composition paper. Or they don't even use that term composition anymore. But, um, and this, this was a, a little bit of a thrill for them. And, uh, and, uh, they, uh, and they wrote their responses uh, you know, on the index cards. And then we talked about them. Well, I love the uh, the index cards because there is a, the anonymity is there. You know, with the composition books, you're owning what's bound in those pages as opposed right. to liberating parts of yourself by handing in the cards. And I'm assuming you or one of the other students is then sharing these thoughts out loud yeah. to the group, which is a, a wonderful way of doing this. Right. The uh, what I call uh, the discussion uh, is about uh, five to ten minutes, and uh, depending on the schedule. But uh, I call it a, a cross-fertilization of ideas, where the kids are listeners now. They're participants when they're writing, and then they become uh, listeners, observers, to uh, the other kids' experiences. And that, that, there were a lot of connections made where, you know, they, they learned about what was going on uh, inside the, their friends' heads, and uh, that uh, they're not alone in the world, that certain things that they experience, uh, uh, that everybody else experiences. And there were a lot of serious things uh, written about divorce and, uh, all, you, know, uh, you know, really uh, uh, sad things and fears and, uh, uh, you know, irrational fears and uh, physical problems. And um, so the kids could hear, you know, uh, you know what else is going on uh, in the world. And there's liberation in that, you know, liberation in yeah. hearing your story or, right. or, or someone else's story, and it's in stream of consciousness. And that is what is, is so beautiful about this work, because you don't have to get hung up on what is being written. It's more like you say, get into it and get it out, which can right. be a, um, a model for processing everything that happens in life. We are just about out of time, and I want to make sure that we give our listeners every opportunity to find you and your work and to get into it and get it out. You can find out more about Jeffrey Flom at www.jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, Flom, and that's P-F-L-A-U-M.com. On Twitter, he's at Jeffrey underscore Flom, and again, that's P-F-L-A-U-M. And on Facebook, he is the same. And his recent book or his book is Motivating Teen and Preteen Readers, How to Teach 
how teachers and parents can lead the way. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is all about teaching contemplation music writing and exploring um, how when we play a musical piece, we can inspire, open up parts of ourselves, access that which may not be uh, readily accessible through the power of quiet, through the power and joy of music. And I am a, a, a firm supporter of what you're doing, Jeffrey. And in fact, we are going to be um, teaching a spoken word class at one of our local Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And uh, this group of kids are going to go with me uh, from the Boys and Girls Club out into the world to a TEDx community event. And I'm co-teaching this class coincidentally with Sergeant Dino Greer, who is an Iraqi veteran. He's a young man who's done several tours of duty, mm. and he's using spoken word, written word, and music as a means of healing his combat trauma. And in this spoken word class, we're going to explore the concept of the inner wars that teens and preteens uh, experience and the outer war. And oh my God, here are the tunes. We run out of time. No outro. Bless you, Jeffrey Flom, for the work you're doing. Thanks for listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We'll be with you next week. Have a great and musical day. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togeta.